Hey guys, today's episode is going to be sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is a really free and easy way to make podcasts. Let me explain. First, as I mentioned, it is free, which I think you know I'm a really big fan of. But Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you automatically to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere else that podcasts are heard. You can also make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership, which is really great. It's literally everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. If you're interested in downloading Anchor, you can download it for free at the Anchor app, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Business Eye Podcast, podcast for entrepreneurs, small businesses, startups, and everyone in between. Today, we were going to be talking to you about hiring and bringing on your first employees. So let's roll intro. There we go. Fifth time is a charm for that <laughs> intro. So I'm going to start by just asking you, Chelsea, because I actually, I don't know anything about hiring a new hire if it's like my very first employee. I I really only know and have experience with hiring uh, employee after you already have some employees. Right. Well, I think, I think that before we, we really jump into this conversation, we should tell everyone how we arrived here. So as some of you, if you've listened to the last episode, know, I uh, unjustly Twitter locked our account. Some, something apparently was anyway, anyway, I, I, lo- <laughs> she won't tell me why I accidentally got our account locked and so it is on Twitter that we usually take uh, DMs and we will answer questions that people have. Since our Twitter has been un- unjustly locked for the past week or two weeks, <laughs> we, we had to come up with, with a question that we were facing, something that we, that we see in business a lot or that we've had asked before. And recently we started the new hire, or the hiring process where we're bringing on some new employees, we're putting out new RFPs, which is request for personnel. And so that's what kind of led us into this episode. Yeah, so uh, we we have been conducting interviews all week and uh, we're just, we're starting to narrow it down. Yeah. So I, I want to hand it off to you to talk more about what did you do the first time? Right, the very first time. Because right now when we're putting out things, everything you're you're sending out RFPs in a very comfortable space. Like you the, I, yeah, I didn't you know think that about I've it. got everything like, under control. It literally did not cross my mind that there was any other process other than put application on uh, on like monster. That's all right. I that's where my starting point was. <laughs> Insert job site here. Yeah. And then <laughs> right. just interview. What's so the, hard about this? Right. No. So we've, we've actually, we've been hiring now for about two and a half years. And my first hire was an ODU student. So Old Dominion University. And before I even thought about putting out the RFP, before I ever thought about that, I had to really look up the legality, legalities for it. So I called my insurance guy. I talked to an HR person. I you you know this about me, but I will research something t- to death. And I especially in that first time, I seem to think what I did was I went to a bookstore and I I didn't buy any books, but I stayed there all day long. And uh, that's called a library. Yeah. Well, no, but I didn't go to a library. <laughs> the thing is, I actually I get very upset with the libraries in this area. Because they have they have stupid hours. They close earlier than than Barnes and Noble does. 
But no, I, I went to a Barnes and Noble and this is kind of my process whenever I move forward with anything new. Whenever I go into any uncharted territory, I Google the heck out of it. And then I, I feel comfortable with books. That's just, that's, that's how I was raised. You know, we spent summers in libraries. But I, I went to a Barnes & Noble. I stayed there the entire day. I was there at like 9 a.m. I shut the place down. And what a nerd. Shut it. You can't keep saying that. It's a good thing to be a nerd. I'm saying Power what the people the are nerds. thinking. Power to the nerds. I closed that place down. I did. I did. I did. It's, it's a frequent, it was a frequent occurrence. But the, when when I first wanted to bring on an employee, I wanted to know what all what all I needed to know. And so they have an entire small business section, which is is brilliant and beautiful. And that's where you're going to find all of those fantastic how-to books, the dummy books, and then some of my favorite books are the NOLO books, which is um, like legal. They're, they're legal books. And I love those books, which is crazy because you know, I don't think I've ever bought one. You mentioned You mentioned something that I think a lot of people kind of make fun of. What's that? The four dummies books. They're so good. They are. They're yeah. really, they're all really well, well written. But I, I think it was actually a four dummies book that, that got me started. That was one of the books that I, that I essentially was reading during my lunch breaks when I launched Troopster. Really? Yes. Yeah. Actually, that's one that I did buy and I still have it. No, but the um the Nolo the Nolo books were awesome, and so were the, honestly the four dummy books, mm-hmm. because I used the four dummy for e commerce and online small businesses book back in 2012, 2013. 2013 is the one that I had used, and it got me started. It it helped me to get to the sites for the trademark site. It helped me understand the business licensing, all of that stuff. But the Nolo books were started by lawyers who believed that law should be for everyone. And they even to this day recommend that small businesses should should be able to handle their own legal materials by themselves. Hmm. Like, don't bring in a lawyer unless you absolutely have to. Save save your money, save your time, save all of that, and use Nolo book, use Nolo resource. That's why, wow. yeah, that's why they created them. I don't know if we're allowed to recommend people not using lawyers. Oh, I guess not. I guess <laughs> right. Yeah. We, well, we okay, have so many disclaimers, yeah. though, all over the place that say we have not been in business 100 years and know everything. And I'm not saying that we recommend that. I'm saying that that's NOLO's motto and mission. Like gotcha. the company NOLO. But anyway, they, they have um, they, they had a lot of good starting points, such as talk to your insurance person. Make sure that before you even bring on someone, you have general liabilities. Um. Yeah, it's just there, there's this hit list of things you want to make sure before you even send out that RFP. So now we get to the R- RFP. So you need to request a person. But before you do that, you need to create the perfect candidate on paper. So you always have some something to reference back to once you start meeting candidates. And you're able to actually put that put checklist essentially. So I have a question. So you're you're bouncing like straight into the list. Do you, do you want to know like more? Because there, there were other things like payroll. You, you have to get your payroll under control. You have to know how you're going to pay them. And yeah, I definitely want to know about this. Yeah. like you. you I didn't realize I was, see, that's my, I, I thought she was done, to be honest. <laughs> no. I, I didn't know. No, I mean, it, that that's what I'm saying is that there's, you have to know how you're going to pay them and you have to know how you're going to withhold 
federal taxes. How do you pay them? Uh, see, you. So if you're using QuickBooks, uh, QuickBooks actually has a payroll option. A lot of people recommend. Uh, I'm gonna turn that off. That's that needs my bedtime. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's 8 p.m. <laughs> it means get ready for bed. I let's not let's not do this. <laughs> so the biggest thing with payroll is that you're gonna have to hold Social Security, Medicare taxes, and you have to file and create an account with your with your state and with the government to be able to hold withhold those taxes. So for me, I used QuickBooks, QuickBooks, QuickBooks Payroll, because it was it was easy. It was is there. that like a, an extra charge on top of QuickBooks or it, something? It is. Okay. Yes. Well, I use QuickBooks Online, which I, I use the desktop version as well. But the QuickBooks Online was just so nice. User yeah, interface it's, is it's awesome. It's easier. It's so easy. My accountant, which I didn't have an account then, I have an account now, has access to it, so they're able to reconcile the books, but. You have to think, have things like that. Um, you have to have employees fill out W-4 withholding forms. And, and so you're going to want to know what all of those forms are and the taxes that you're going to have to file because you can get into a lot of trouble not knowing that information. And honestly, even still, even every now and then, I, I would say probably <laughs> three times a year, I'll I'll email my accountant and I'll be like, we're, we're paying this, right? <laughs> we, we, we're good, right? We're not going we're to jail, right? I'm, I'm not kidding. I really do that. I, I did it multiple times. And, and I think the closer we get to tax season every year. How soon would you recommend getting, a, getting an accountant? I, I actually really recommend getting an accountant almost right away. Really? Yeah, I, I really do. Wow, because I didn't expect that. I, I know. It, it's because I didn't. And I really regret it. <laughs> yeah. I really regret it. I thought that I could file my own taxes. And I ended up later having to pay an, an accountant to go back and fix my taxes. <laughs> because I didn't know what I was doing. And you know why? Because I'm not an accountant. <laughs> I am not a tax expert. So, That's fair. Yeah. Um, and then I, I actually went through this this flux where I didn't know anything about accountants. So I spent a lot of money on a CPA my second year. Wait, overpaid, overpaid. They didn't really they didn't really do the job I they were supposed that. to do. That was awful. You used to call them to remind them they had to do your taxes. Yes, taxes. I had to call them and remind them. Hey, did you close out monthly? Oh no, no, yeah, we forgot. Because I, I was doing it. I was I was filing things every month until we got to that threshold of every quarter. That's that's the yeah. other thing is that you have to you have to pay taxes every month until you until you reach the satisfaction um, and you've been in business for so long and then you get to move on really? to the quarter. Yeah, I was filing all I that. didn't understand why you were doing it monthly. I just remember <laughs> you doing something monthly. It was it was a requirement. That's crazy. Yeah. See see you you've got all you're coming in <laughs> When I already have all of the administrative and the paperwork and the legalities, I already have all of this stuff worked out. Thank God. I, yeah. But no, no, this, this is interesting because I, like I've said, I do want to start my own business one yeah. day. But uh, finding finding the right accountant is, honestly, it, it, that's hard. That's tough. We'll, we'll save that for another day. Another day. Another, another conversation. But do your research first. Go uh, Google it. Find out the forms that you're going to need for your state. Uh, find out you're, you're going to have to have an account 
of some sort with the government, with your state, to be able to file the taxes on behalf of your employees. So you have to set that account up for your company. And it's going to be attached to your EIN. So either if you use QuickBooks or if you use a payroll company, you're going to have to have that, that account set up. You're going to need to know insurance documents. So, so call your insurance guys. You just, you really want to cover your bases before you even send out that RFP, which I'm happy you felt so comfortable that you could just post it (laughs) just right away. I thought I could just post it. I I know we, we talked about it and we, we discussed the, 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 um, the job and the description and what we really needed. And And it was like, Within a couple of hours, you had texted me and you said, okay, okay, it's up on Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) It was was done. Instantly. Yeah, I immediately was like, we need this person. We identified it. Let's do it. Right. Jump on it. But yeah, and you did. You did. And we we do need this person. I'm just, I'm glad that we already have everything in place to where you are able to do that, to where we are able to bring someone on. And we are, and we're we're really happy and excited. And we're not going to put her in an escape room. Like we talked last time, <laughs> but that we will, decided it was a little. It, a little we'll save that for, for when we have a lot of people, a little, right? A lot of candidates, not like three people, right? Right. Well, we were gonna bring in, we were gonna bring in some fake candidates and put them in the escape room, hire some actors. <laughs> just uh, oh, but um, yeah. So so just covering all of your bases beforehand, very very important. Um, something else I did was I looked up for us, I looked up employee forms, employee forms that I was going to need them to fill out, such as that W-4, but there are also forms like uh, direct deposit forms that- That's after you hire though. You're skipping. No, you're no, skipping, no, no, Why? no. I grabbed all of that stuff beforehand. All of it. Oh, because you needed created, to know how yes, if you did hire somebody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're not- you Yeah. I wouldn't even have thought of that. You don't want to wait until they're already here- to, to I would wait until like second second stage of interview. Oh my gosh, no! Because <laughs> no, I figured son. Ah, it'll probably take me ten minutes. To look Heavens it up. no! No, you want to you want to prep the interview screening. You want to have an employee code of conduct. You and I, I like I'm very serious. These things have really saved us. Just having that, having having a privacy and honor policy. Yeah. I, I mean, first day, first very first employee two and a half years ago, I had them sign that sign a privacy and honor statement. Um, I worked out the timesheets, how they were going to track their hours, how we were going to hold them responsible. So you just, you, you got to work. That's a lot of stuff. That, There's a lot of things, yeah. right? Right. Don't just, don't just go posting up signs saying help wanted. You really want to think about everything that you're going to need. I'm not going to lie. It just <laughs> seems like it should be easier. I, I know. There's a lot of, there's yeah. a, there's a lot, and that's where employee handbooks are are useful as well. They just they cover your bases in case in case something happens yeah. pops up. <laughs> so, does that bring us to where we're ready to look for yes. a person? Okay, okay. Are we so, good so, to look so for a person? That, okay, so so let's say you have you have <laughs> gone to the Barnes and Noble, you've closed them down, you've looked at all of the nolos and the how to for dummies, you have registered with the right people you've printed off all of the right forms you now have those direct deposit forms and the employee code of conduct and you have all of that stuff ready now you can do what travis <laughs> did in like a span of 12 don't, hours don't you belittle my 
12 not hours of work. In no way, in no way am I belittling your 12 hours of work. Because you're, I tell you what, you're a heck of an interviewee, interviewer, interviewer. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, you're, you're, you are on point. She got to, she got to watch it because I was able to record on Zoom. Yes. So. It was uh, impressive. Yeah, we, we interviewed today. It was really good, really good interview. To prep for that interview, you have to really consider your questions that you're going to ask. Yeah, you put a lot of research in, into that. Yeah, a I put of a lot of, a lot of thought. And it wasn't, I didn't just go to Google and type in what questions to ask in the interview. Well, I I, thought you did that too. I did, (laughs) but that's not the only thing I did. I didn't just ask the five common questions or something like that. Is there five common questions? There's, there's a few. I did add like two of them in. So like, tell me a little bit about yourself. You're going to hear that at every interview for now, forever. That's a good one. I, you know, what is is one that I always heard the, um, what are your what are your weakness, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Yeah, yeah. I've heard. I didn't even ask that. I think that's stupid. I think questions like that that could be so easily prepared by any candidate does nothing for you. Yeah, I always knock that one out of the park. Yeah, like tell me about yourself is important because you do want to build rapport. That's why it's so. That's why it's in every interview. They want to build rapport quickly. So, the the next question I followed that up with was, where do you see yourself in five years? And I thought that that question was important just to see their line of thinking of where where do they plan on do they plan on staying with us? And it's not directly asking them, are you going to stay with us? But you could kind of get a, get an idea if they're thinking internal promotions or if yeah, they're she, thinking more money, if they're thinking you could really judge their. She had a good answer. She did. She And you trapped her. I You, you <laughs> trapped her in one of those questions, too, because you early like early, early on. You asked her something, and, and she answered with a very... Cookie cutter. Cookie cutter she, response. She responded to one of those questions that... You, the was, common question. Was, yeah, it was something like, how do you, you handle expect. stress? Yeah. And and she was very... I like her. I like her a lot. She had the perfect answer. Perfect answer. But I could read that she was reading it in her mind. <laughs> so I looked at her and I was like, I'm going to trick her up with that. Yeah, and then about 10 minutes later, you asked her another... It was, it was it, kind of like a backdoor question. Yes. And and she she admitted to getting really frazzled and, and I, I said, Tell me about your worst day. That's right. What, your worst day at work. That was clever, yeah. And I was just trying to see, okay, you said you're really good at handling stress. What was your worst day? Was it because of stress? <laughs> it was. It was. But yeah. that's not a problem. It's not. It's not. And people people shouldn't see that really as a problem if you're, I if actually you're willing lo- to recognize it and overcome it. See, and I look at it as stress sometimes stress people. It shows that they're more caring. They actually care about the job enough to even stress out about it. Oh, that's good. That's so good. it's not a bad thing. It's not a negative. People always, all these candidates always try to make themselves seem Be fearless perfect. and perfect and they're the best. And I understand that, but it's okay to show some of your vulnerabilities. It shows that you're a real genuine person. Right. So there are there are a lot of things to consider whenever you're trying to create questions. One thing I based a lot of my questions off was pointing towards like character traits. So I wanted to know job knowledge, their interpersonal skills, their thinking under pressure. And I also wanted to see if they were a good cultural fit. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these things that I would say or do or, or little anecdotes I would tell them was to get them to open up about what they like to do. What is their like not their personal life in the sense of like 
anything actually personal, but like interests. So that'll tell you if they're a good cultural fit. Yeah, and then she did. She she'd worked with organizations, startups before, nonprofits before. So a lot within the same realm as us, mm-hmm. and just good energy. She's got good Great. vibes. And we're we're talking about one specific candidate because it was the last interview of the day. Yes, and it, she nailed it. Right. She really nailed it. She really nailed it. Yeah, I could not have asked for it. wasn't the It wasn't my on paper perfect candidate, but it was pretty damn close. Pretty. It yeah. had even her cover letter and her response time after after everything. the interview. Just a quick response of thank you so much for for interviewing me. Here are some of the deliverables that you asked for. So for, for me, I'm I'm her second round interview, and I had asked for a portfolio of some of her work, previous work. So press releases, uh, brochures, graphics, photos, and she was fast. She got she that quick. an entire portfolio a specifically portfolio. for us. Yeah. Well, she used uh, myportfolio.com, which I like. I've, yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah. It was good. But yeah, a lot of those questions, they weren't all just to base job knowledge because a lot of that stuff, depending on your, your hiring position – that that's all trainable, but it also gives you gives you an idea of who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree, and I I really did like the the stress question. I, yeah, I really, that was a good one. Well, it's just my mind keeps going back to it because you you want someone who can recognize the benefit of stress, and there's a difference between stress and anxiety. Stress is good because it, it, it keeps you motivated toward your job. It, it's, it's that heightened sense to keep pushing. Anxiety is something you don't want to happen. It's, it's, it's like yeah. that tipping balance. Where they freeze. Yes. They can't even speak anymore. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like yeah. going too far. So stress, there's, there's this added business adage that you want, you want the perfect level of stress yeah. in business. I like that. I've never heard that before, but I really yeah. I relate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I liked that as well is that she has been in so many startup. She's worked for startups. So she's used to wearing lots of hats. She's used to seeing people run around with their heads, you know, like their heads cut off, yeah. like their chickens. And it's and she, like she's used to that environment. So I, I can appreciate that. Yeah. And I think uh, so I asked her another really good challenging question. It was, what do you think? Troopster's greatest challenge. That was so good. She was today. not. Ex- she did How not do you you can't that. research that kind of question? Right, right. What what problems do you see at at Troopster? And it froze her. She it, froze. She, she Yeah, that was a good one. And then she made a really educated guess, mm-hmm. and she actually was right on, which I I appreciated. And then she kind of said she felt like she didn't have enough of an answer. You could you could see it on her face. So then she says, what do you think Troopster's greatest challenge is? You know what? And this kind of brings up a good interview technique that you and I know from our, our past lives of being journalists. Exactly. But That's exactly what it made something, me think of. Yes. Something for, for, oh, first, so time, for first time interviews, inter- interviewers, what you want to do is you don't want to over talk. You really want to ask a question and then just pause. Just stop. Because... Uh, what you're going to find is that people get uncomfortable with silences. And so they are going to just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. So and you just that keep silence. letting them talk. Right. So you just keep, just, just pause. Even if you feel a little uncomfortable, just stop. And they're going to fill that if void. You want, 
especially if the answer isn't long enough, just pause. Just yeah. keep waiting. Just They'll keep tell waiting. you more. They'll get more in detail. They will. And more in detail. And then you just keep waiting. Yep. Until they get so uncomfortable that they say, I have nothing else to say. I mean, don't, just don't, don't make it really bad <laughs> for them, please. Don't make it I'm just too, saying you have that too, ability. Right. Well, but... It just means you have the power. It doesn't mean you should abuse the power. I'm not saying to abuse. I'm just saying you yeah, have it. You, okay, right, right. I feel like you're not understanding. Don't abuse the power. But but this is actually an interview technique where you don't want to fill the void yourself. You want to let them do it. And you did that. You did that well. Yeah, so I just, I did a little bit of awkwardness, but I, I like it. I like to see how people react. You did. You were a little proud of yourself. I know. I had, I had a little were, grin on my were, face. You, you, yeah, the, it, you were. But only because I was so happy of the way that she handled it. Oh, she did. She handled it yeah. beautifully. She really did. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm excited. To yeah, be honest, I, I to, really to interview am. Her. I look forward. I'm gonna. I'm gonna dive a little deeper into her portfolio later. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I really want to take a lot of look at you know her style what her what her current you know how she flows mm-hmm. is um but i really like her I, yeah i do and she's just been so responsive and you, you miss a lot of that mm-hmm. i don't know I've, i haven't seen too many candidates that jump there were people that were submitting their applications without one of the only three questions that i asked and how do you expect to get it a call back. And I tell you what, this is something that if if any of you post job postings on any of these websites like Indeed or Monster, you are going to get a ton of applications that do not fit the job. I mean, a ton. They are going to lie. They're going to answer all of, even if you have barrier questions, such as, have you ever worked in a nonprofit? People are going to say yes, even if they haven't, just to see if they can get the job. Just see if they can see yeah. if they get the interview. So you just be prepared for that. Just I, be mindful. I kind of like, there are some some new apps out there where one of them, and we looked at doing this, was a video application. Oh, yeah, that is so that cool. That looked very cool. We should have done it, but we, we didn't really have the, the money to spend to <laughs> Plus someone posted the RFP in <laughs> such a short amount of time. Really wanted the. the I know, I know. They, but they came in. They flooded. Got, I tell you what, you got lucky. I think you really. I did. I got, got so lucky. <laughs> because this is not always. That's the other thing. It's not always this golden. It, it just it's not. worked out. It it really worked out. Yeah, I think I got lucky. Yes, hiring is very hard. There's so many bad applicants. There are bad applicants, and you're just the only way you can learn is by doing. So anyone out there, if, if you're bringing on your, your first employee, you're going to learn every single time you bring on someone new, every time you're going to learn something. You're going to learn a new process. You're going to learn new legal requirements. Someone's going to say, oh, you really should have that up. Speaking of, if you bring on an employee, there is this poster that the government requires you have in your space, in your office, wherever you're working, and it is their rights. You have to make that very apparent what their rights are. I'm just telling you now, they're real, they're free. Well, they're not free, but they're cheap. Yeah, real you cheap. Can get real you cheap. can get them online, Amazon essentially. So just have that up. <laughs> Speaking of legalities, there's actually legalities of questions, and I did not know this. That's Luckily, we I spoke to HR before conducting my interviews. The one thing. <laughs> because I, I brought them a list of questions 
and said, hey, Bill, uh, these are the questions I was going to ask. Mm. And he essentially started marking stuff off my list. Like, you can't ask that. You can't ask that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what were some of the questions that you weren't allowed to ask? So I thought I thought you were allowed to ask, uh, do you have reliable transportation? But that wording is illegal. You, well, it has to relate to the job. Yes. Right? So has, you have to specifically to, make it clear that it's yeah, related so to the job. Yeah, so it would be... In our case, you have to have reliable transportation because you need a vehicle. That right. that's part of our job listing. But if if they don't need to use their vehicle, you can't ask if they have reliable transportation. Reliable. You're only at, allowed to ask, "Are you able to get here during this time and this time?" If yeah, wow. What what are some other? So that was a that was an interesting one. Uh, I, asking. So I was going to ask uh, a certain candidate if why they moved because they, they just moved within this week. They just moved to Virginia beach. So I thought I could just ask that I could ask. So why did you move? Like conversationally? Yeah. Almost. That doesn't, that see, and that doesn't strike me as an, as a, you can't, you can't go here question. Yeah. It's, it could be construed as a reason they were, they, they weren't hired for the job. Right. Saying, well, he didn't like me because something happened that I told him about for, about moving. Gotcha. You know, I guess it, it's so hard in changing your mindset from, you know, you're, you're a small, you're a small business owner. You've essentially been a sole proprietor. You've been on your own. So you're used to having just these conversations that, that are, are very, you know, just off the cuff and, and informal. And you have to start, you have to get into the mindset of you are a business. So yeah. what kind of things can I say and do? I have to keep, I have to protect my business. You know, something that I should have done was think back to the last time you had a job and how was your corporate structure? Think about some of those things like HR mm -hmm. because they have them in place for a reason. They wouldn't do it if, right. it, if it, if they didn't have to. Yeah. Do you think exactly. they would care about HR if they didn't? All of those forms that you had to fill Every out. Every Toby would be fired. Every Toby, <laughs> if you're familiar with the office. <laughs> Yeah, but that no, that's good advice is think back to, and I often do that. I still do that where I'm thinking back to things we did in the Navy, how we had annual trainings, how we, we you know, every year we, we talked about, you know, certain uh, HR yeah. topics, you know, in, in Counselings, place. Counselings, six Right. Yep. All those different, your, your annual counseling, your semi-annual counseling. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's you don't realize how important all of that stuff is until you are the business, until you are the small business owner and you're bringing on your own employees. And something I didn't know prior was you can actually uh, consult an HR rep instead of having your in-house HR. And it's very cheap. That's that's a good point because we do not have like this in-house. We, right, we, we don't have a department. We don't have someone who's HR. We're not, it's It's not like that. You can outsource a lot of this stuff. We have an outsourced accountant. We have an outsourced lawyer. We, I mean. Yeah, it's not like we have all these people in-house. No, no, <laughs> no. We pay them when we use them. Pay them and kick them to the curb, right? right. <laughs> no, I, I love all of our, no, I, yeah, I really you do. do. You grow, it's a relationship. It really is a relationship. And and I've definitely had some some that I, I didn't care for. And yeah. so by the, whenever you find those individuals that you absolutely love and adore, hold on to them. I love Except our accountants. Except for your accountant. 
Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, it it took me it took me three or four iterations of accountants, but now our newest accountants, I love them. Do you? I do. I thought you're supposed to fear your accountants. Someone I, told me that I, they said you're always supposed to fear your accountants. No, you know, I I think that. Okay, so so they're gonna they're gonna always point out things that you've done wrong. Yeah, and you're gonna. You're That's gonna, why. That, right, that, and and they're always going to. So okay, in that sense, I can see it. But similar to the one star reviews, I like it because it it makes me feel better. I sleep that's better. That's how at you're night. supposed to feel. That's the point of fearing them because but I don't I don't fear them. I'm if they find well, the something. The idea is like every time you go there, you want them to be finding stuff. You well, want I, them to be doing their best job and care about your company. Right. Like I'm I'm not mad at all if if they find something. I. I guess yeah. because you've had such bad experiences with people not caring and yes. none of your accountants caring about your business. <laughs> she went through the opposite. She <laughs> she liked all the last accountants because they didn't do their job. Oh, yeah. I love my But now I you have one that, that actually oh, I love them. Takes care I, of you. I love them so much. I mean, I I thought about I, I had this perfect Christmas present actually that I was gonna get my accountant. <laughs> and then I, I I suddenly became so worried because I thought maybe they wouldn't be able to accept it. And it would be this thing, and and like what if, what if there was lawful things there? So I, I just ended up not doing it. Oh my god, that's so funny. They're not. You have to realize this is not an in-house accountant. This is a random business that we pay to do our accounts. I no, I love them. I really that is do. So weird. Yeah. That's pretty much. That's up until the point where you're you're ready to hire, and then you're you you interview, you find the perfect candidate that you that you like. And you hire them. So what happens after that? So after that, again, you really want to do the prep work ahead of time before you onboard somebody. But you want to make sure that you actually have an onboarding process. So even with our very first employee, I had created a manual. I I essentially went through the process myself of the job they were going to be doing. And I, well, I started off by writing down like the exact standard operating procedure. And then for me, just because I, I don't know, I'm extra or something. (laughs) I added photos and I created these, uh, training videos. (laughs) I remember your training videos. Yes. So I'm not saying you have to go as far as a training video, but for her one employee for my, yeah, for my (laughs) one, she would be working side by side with employee. Yes. For my very first part-time employee. And I also created a binder. The first four employees, I actually created employee binders and it had the history of Troopster. It had our mission, vision, values. Uh, I included the training, like what the next two weeks of training were going to be because I had, uh, I seem to think I had two weeks of on the job training where it was hand in hand. They were walking through everything uh, with me. The first week they were essentially shadowing. The second week I was shadowing them. I was there fully for any questions they had. And then by the third week, they were ready to go. And I had this in in a calendar and in a checklist. Like I had created a checklist of what we were going to do together. And I just wanted it to be very transparent of what they could expect. I like uh, that. Yeah. And so that that was the first. That was Every the first company work. I've ever worked at, any good one, had a schedule at least for the first week. At yeah. least minimum one week. You really, you really want to plan that stuff out, and, and know you want to let time. them know because they would, they, they have uncertainty. Like right. they're working at this brand new place, they don't know anybody, right. they don't know their routine. Give them a, give them a little bit of yes comfort. 
which we really need to re So I, I had it saved on Dropbox paper. If anyone is familiar with, with Dropbox business and their paper version, um, I had, it's essentially a living document. And earlier this year, we switched over to Google, the G Suite. I'll be honest, I, I hated it. I don't like it hated either. hated it so much. Strongly disliked it. So we're now actually migrating everything back <laughs> over, and we have a ton. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to take weeks. Weeks, weeks of data that we have to transport back over to Dropbox. So annoying. It is. Yeah. But so now we actually have to recreate those SOPs. We we have them, but they're the broken. The, yeah, the, the links are broken. The information is is off or old. And and I mean, it really is. Since February, things have changed so much that we have we have yeah, to update. Yeah, everything's anyway. different now. Right. So that's actually something that we're going to be have to fix probably to, over the yeah, weekend. Yeah, we literally had to pivot for COVID, and now yeah. it's, so much has changed, mm-hmm. but we're so behind still. Right, right. So, so we actually we're going to be fixing that and getting that ready before we bring this new person that we're already interviewing. Yeah. On. So we have like a week. <laughs> yes. I actually. So I was thinking of some of something. Yeah. That I forgot to mention about interviewing. I think it is so unethical when these companies give candidates homework, excessive amounts of homework. What do you, I don't think I've ever had homework. So it's a new trend that's going on. Really big trend. Really? Where companies, it it started in tech. Tech would say, Mm. yeah, go build me an app, which is. Sure, sure. Now that's, I can understand that. It's understandable. But other jobs, like you're, you're interviewing for a position, a mechanical engineering position. And now they're like, okay, design me this. It would be something that if you would do that as a, uh, a freelancer, that's a $3,000 job. So you're telling me to get your job. I need to do this $3,000 worth of work for your company for free before I can even, Oh, you know, you know what though? I mean, I, I just, I have hired some people who were not qualified for the position that were, they were filling, and on paper and in the interview, they really made it sound as though they knew the landscape. And if I had asked them to do something along those lines, it would have saved me so much heartache. I know, but it is it is extremely unethical. I, maybe it's unethical. I don't maybe think that's have the right them term for this. Maybe, maybe have them do something. I, I think it is unethical. I, I don't think unethical is the right because if you you're acting, if you have a skill set and you're being hired for the skill set, you need to prove. That you're actually capable of doing what you say you are. But there's these companies that want projects start to finish whenever they could have just did so start to a quarter. You're saying that there's a line. There's a yeah, line. Yeah, to how, okay. how much? Because I think having homework I for, think the, for something like that is fine. I think no more than six, six to eight hours. One, pretty much one business day. I, I just, I don't know because you, if, you don't. If, you don't think they're hiring for 10 other jobs? They have a family. They have all these different things and they're not making any money I, from this. I think that if I was hiring an architect, I'd want to see, I would, would want to see expense, expansive blueprints. That's different. I would want to see things that would take more than six to eight hours. Well, someone with like an architect would say, here's my, my designs previous. Well, here's all the things I've designed. Right. But well, well, but what if, because it's old, they, you want to be able to validate that they can do this now, that they know the, the CAD equipment or that they know everything to be able to do the job now. And so that's where the impromptu homework could come. I don't know. Yeah, I, I can I don't see know. the benefits of it. I think, I think it, there are benefits, but, but it, a, a reasonable amount of homework. 
But see, I don't know. I don't know what's reasonable based. I I just don't know what's reasonable for for different fields. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I guess I see if you if you're saying you're hiring someone to be, let's say, a blog writer. Yeah. A blog writer, and you ask them to write a manuscript. I can see how that would be excessive. They interview people, and then they ask them, say, a blog writer, for instance. Yeah. They ask them, okay, write me a blog about this. And then that those candidates come back and you have what 15, 20 different candidates. They all write you 15, 20 different blogs. You, even if you hire one of those 20 and you use all 19 of those people's work, that is so unethical. Do not be that, that person. Well, now that's unethical. Yeah, but it's usually not that obvious. It's usually somewhere, some, some, somewhere along the lines of, well, but that hits copyright this, infringement. Yeah, but manage this, uh, or, or give us this marketing plan. You can't oh, prove. Yeah, that's that's, that's what I mean. That that's okay. usually more along the lines of what what employers might do. Now that's that's interesting. Although I was going to send, I was going to send homework home, but only after we. No, so it's yeah, it's, afterward. It's different if you if you do it after yeah, your first mine's, interview. Yeah, mine's going to be after because I already have homework prepped. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's different when they're in the second round yeah. or they're in the third round. But if it's just the initial first round, they didn't even make it past the questioning. Yeah. And how are you giving this person homework? And when Travis says rounds, we for us, we usually do three rounds of, of uh, interviews. So he's the first round of interviews. Myself and possibly a board member are going to be the second round of interviews. And then the third round is usually either us together or it's escape room. Or <laughs> yes. some, some sort of something a, to show some sort of an interactive challenge that that demonstrates uh, problem solving skills that that shows how they're able to interact with other individuals that. Yeah, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to start doing it like the pursuit of happiness and it set a Rubik's cube on the desk. Oh, and if yeah. the person doesn't solve the Rubik's cube, they don't get hired. I don't think you can solve a, Rub- a Rubik's cube. Yeah, but it'd be impressive to watch somebody. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I can't believe you're going to be in charge. You're actually a very good manager. Thank you. I like, appreciate that. You're, who, you, who you are on the show and who you are, and I think this probably relates to both of us, Yeah. but who we are actually in our professional environment, we're, we're completely You have different. to be. Absolutely. And, you know, it kind of makes me think that um, something else that's, that's really important is that I would recommend every small business person, anyone, take one of those personality tests to where you can see what your own strength, like the Myers-Briggs, yes. find out what your own strengths and weaknesses are. My because, manager, mine was just manager. Was it really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I don't remember the the things, but I know that was one of the jobs. Oh, yeah. What my, was your? What was <laughs> I was an executive. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Right. Yeah. I'm 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 very very competitive. I'm Do very you, driven. One of one of the things. Can you understand emotion? Do you have apathy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I got the job for you. Oddly enough, yeah, I'm. I have a difficult time um, just empathizing with people. I do she have. A, does. I do have a difficulty. But she wasn't loved as a child. Sure enough, fault. I was. I was <laughs> hugged. <laughs> I was hugged a little too much. Yes. <laughs> yeah, her mom hugged her three times. Do you believe that? No. <laughs> no. And one of them was because she was choking. <laughs> well, one of one of the one of the things things. <laughs> that's not true. None of that is true. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but, but knowing, knowing your personality flaws, if you are cognizant of what your weaknesses are, then it, it really helps because for, for me personally, I know that I'm, I'm not a successful manager, but I am a successful leader. I can go yeah. into, you can rally the troops. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. You can rally the troops. Yep. And you're so damn good at that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I can be yeah. very motivational and I will come up with a plan. You give me, you give me 20 minutes to an hour and I will come up with a plan to make this happen. Hands down. I can do that. Yeah. But you are really good at just keeping things going. Yeah. I mean, just keeping that clockwork. You're, you're great at that. Thank you. Yeah. Knowing your strengths. I think that, yeah. And that's why I appreciate your, your strength because that's one of my weaknesses. I've never been that uh, that leader voice. Like I can manage with very close interpersonal skills. Mm-hmm. Like I'm great on a, in a one-on-one. But if I'm talking to a, a giant team and I'm trying to get them rallied, I definitely struggle a little more with that. Yeah. The, the big speeches to just mm-hmm. the, the faceless crowd. Yeah, you do. And I'm, I'm so good in a big yeah. crowd. Like in a giant yeah, that's, crowd, that's I can command an entire crowd. Yeah, you are good at it. Yeah, I'm really bossy. <laughs> <laughs> it comes across. No, I have fun. I really love my job. Yeah. Truly. And it, and it always seems like you do too. Yeah, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy building those relationships and just just managing their expectations and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I, I was at a Patriot boot camp for, I don't know, last year, actually, last year. And they they have different mentors there, which is, it's always just a lot of fun. And one of the mentors was, I I don't want to, I don't want to say who it was, but an individual who really uh, just very, very big in the, in the tech industry and really helped push things in the direction that they are now. And something that this individual said was that, he realized early on what his weaknesses were. And so he didn't even try to fix his weaknesses. He just hired people who filled that hole. And that was... Was that... Did he write a book? Uh, he, has, he has written several books. I think I knew who you're talking about just from that phrase. <laughs> I, but I, I If I say it, can you say it? No, no. Okay, then no, I'm not even going to guess. No. But, <laughs> but um, for a really inspirational individual... And such a fanboy. They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, they, but th- this individual didn't even try to, to you know, meditate on their weaknesses or fix themselves. They they recognized it. They hired someone to fill that position, and they honestly they accredited their entire success to their ability to bring others in to fill their weaknesses. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, there's no because honestly, you're not really gonna. You can change as a person, but you're not really gonna feel comfortable in that change. No, it's not gonna make you happy. Nope. And and I mean, we've we've had this conversation. As yeah, well. I don't like public speaking. I can do it, but I, I don't you're like just, it. You're not comfortable in it's it. It's just not. It doesn't make me happy. It doesn't make me comfortable. No. Yeah. No. So don't the, even doing this podcast was hard for me. It was. It was. Yeah. But you're getting more comfortable with it. I can. I can tell you. No, that's just, the weed. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he has a prescription. <laughs> um, no, it's, yeah, just hi- hiring, hiring your first time can be scary. Um, and definitely just make sure you're covering your bases. Make sure that you have the right people on your side and fill the positions that you really need help with. Like what, what are you struggling the most with? And Find that position, that position first. Uh, so I think we're going to wrap it up there. We've been rambling on now for an hour. An hour? It's been an hour already. Could you believe that? 
Wow. No. So I, I hope that you guys got a lot out of this as far as how to hire, bring on your first employees. If you do have any questions or you just want, want to give us some follow-up or feedback, then please reach out to us. Remember that our Twitter is still currently locked. So do not try to find <laughs> us on Twitter. Um, I would recommend you going to the bizhigh.org website. Remember it's .org because you can't afford the .com. However, <laughs> if you support us on Patreon, we will be able to get that .com. But for right now, bizhigh.org, reach out to us, shoot us an email, and that wraps it up for this episode. It's throwing me off. Hey, guys. That was weird. I know. What happened? Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Business High Podcast, podcast for startups, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and everyone in between. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs>